0: hello my name's adrian today i'll be reading my secret unicorn magic spell by linda chapman this is the first of the series and while i do not have the entire collection i do hope you'll join me for reading what i do have deep in the mountains mist swirled over a round stone table a unicorn was standing beside it with a snort it lowered its noble head and touched the table's surface with its golden horn the table seemed to shiver for a moment and then its surface began to shine like a mirror the unicorn murmured name there was a flash of purple light and the mist cleared in the mirror an image appeared was of a small grey pony. Another unicorn came up to the table. It it gazed at the grey pony thoughtfully. So he is still looking for the right owner to free his powers? It said. The golden horned unicorn nodded its head. His last owner was often unkind. The other unicorn tossed its mane. Its silvery horn flashed in the light cast by the mirror. "'Surely, somewhere out there, there must be someone who is good-hearted enough, "'someone who has the imagination to believe in magic?' "'I think there is,' the golden Horde said softly. "'Watch, she is coming.'" Chapter One "'Where do you want this box, Mum?' Lauren Foster asked, staggering into the kitchen. Her mum was kneeling on the floor, surrounded by packing cases. "'Just put it anywhere you can find a space, honey,' she said." Lauren went over to the kitchen table and put her box on it. Just then, Max, her younger brother, came running in. Hot on his heels was Buddy, their ten-week-old Bernice Mountain Dog. The puppy came bounding across the floor to say hello and crashed straight into a stack of crockery that Mrs Foster had just unpacked. A couple of plates fell off the pile with a horrible clatter. "'Oh, Buddy,' Mrs Foster sighed. "'It's not his fault,' Max said." He rushed over to scoop the fluffy, black and tan puppy into his arms. He just hasn't gotten the hang of stopping yet. Mrs. Foster laughed. Why don't you take Buddy out into the yard, she suggested. You can teach him how to use his brakes. Max and Buddy rushed out into the April afternoon sunshine. Watch out, Max! Mr. Foster called up from the hallway. Lauren looked over and saw that Max and Buddy had almost tripped up two removal men on their way out. Mr Foster, Lauren's dad, was directing the men who were carrying furniture in from the removal lorry. "'What should I do now, Dad?' Lauren asked. "'Coming through!' another removal man shouted, drowning out her dad's reply. Lauren dodged out of the way as the man marched past, carrying the family computer. Mr Foster pushed a hand through his curly brown hair. "'Perhaps it would be best if you went upstairs and packed your bedroom, honey?' Without giving her a chance to reply, he hurried after the man with the computer. Please be careful, that is a delicate piece of equipment. Lauren grinned. It was a good idea to escape her to her room. It was strange to think that this house, Granger's farm, was now her home. As she walked upstairs, Lauren thought about her two best friends in the city, Carly and Anna. What would they be doing now? Maybe they'd be playing horses or eating some homemade pizzas that Anna's mum may- often made. Lauren wondered if they were missing her. Feeling a little lonely, she walked along the landing to the bedroom at the far end and pushed open the white-painted warden door. Her new room was small with a sloping ceiling. Sunlight streamed into the room through a little window. Lauren stepped over the piles of boxes and suitcases and sat down on the window seat to gaze at the view. The towering Blue Ridge Mountains in the distance were majestic and beautiful. But her eyes passed over them and fell on something much nearer to the home the little paddock and stable behind the house. As she looked at them, her loneliness lifted. She might not know anyone here in the country, but at least she was going to get a pony. A chance to have their own animals had been the first thing her parents had promised when they told her and Max about moving from the city. Mr. Foster had decided to follow his dream of becoming a farmer, Max had chosen to have a puppy. They'd got Buddy a couple of weeks ago, and he was already a big part of the family. Everyone loved him, but for as long as Lauren could remember, she had wanted a pony of her own, and her mum was taking her to the horse pony sale the very next day. Lauren tried to imagine her pony. What colour would it be? How big? How old? Maybe he would be a black pony with fur-white socks, or a flashy chestnut, or a snow-white pony with a flowing mane and tail. Lauren smiled to herself. Yes. That's what she'd like, a beautiful white pony. Lauren! Lauren's eyes shut open. It was her her mum calling from the landing. Lauren went to the door. I've unpacked some cookies, her mum said. Why don't you come and have some with Max? Okay, Lauren replied, and she went down back to join her family. By the time Lauren went to bed that night, her bedroom was beginning to look more as if it belonged to her Her clothes were hanging up in the closet and she'd unpacked her books and cuddly toys. Mrs. Foster gently smoothed Lauren's hair. Time to get some sleep. Suddenly, Lauren didn't want to be left alone. This was the first night in their new home and it felt a bit strange. Will you read me your story, mum? She asked. Now that that she was nine, she didn't usually have a bedtime story. But this was an unusual night. Her mum seemed to understand. Of course, honey, she said. Which one do you want? She looked at the bookshelf. The Little Pony, Lauren said, snuggling down beneath the duvet. The Little Pony was her favourite story. Mrs Foster was a writer and she'd written the story especially for Lauren when Lauren was thrust three years old. It was was about a little white pony who had travelled the world trying to find a home. He had almost given up when one day he met a girl who became his best friend and from then on they'd look after each other. Her mum sat down on the bed and opened the book. To always, she started at the very first page. To Lauren, my very own little girl. She read out softly and then she started the story. Once upon a time, there was a little white pony who wanted a home. Lauren shut her eyes and smiled at the familiar, comforting words of the story. Halfway between wakefulness and sleep, plans for the next day went around in her head. They were going to a horse and pony sale. This time tomorrow, she thought, I'll have a pony of my own. Chapter 2 Soon after breakfast, Lauren set off with her mother for the sale. They left Max and their father at home with Buddy. Even though it was raining, the parking area was already very busy when they arrived. Horses were being led about and the airs filled with shouts and whinnies. Loose dogs darted in between people's legs. Stable hands dashed around with grooming brushes and saddles. Lauren felt very excited. Where do we go? She asked. Her mum pointed out a sign that said livestock. The horses and ponies will be over there. The bidding should have just started. Lauren followed her mum through the crowds until they came to a larger covered wing. A bay horse was being trotted around by the ring by a stable hand. A man standing on a platform at once and was calling out the price, raising his voice above the noise of the rain drying on the roof. $1,200, I'm bid. Do we have any advance on the $1,200? A woman near Lauren held her hand up. The man nodded, $1,300 to the lady on my left. Any advances on $1,300? Lauren turned to her mum. So the person who offers the most money gets the horse? Her mum nodded. The auctioneer, that's the man on the platform, keeps raising the price until no one else bids. "'Any advances on 1,300?' the auctioneer shouted. "'No one moved. "'He raised a small wooden hammer. "'Going, going, gone!' he said, "'bringing the hammer down on the side table beside him with a bang. "'Sold to the lady on my left!' "'The lady smiled and the horse was led out of the ring. "'A new horse, a big, dappled di- grey, was brought in by another stable hand. "'Come on, let's go have a look around,' Mrs Foster said to Lauren. She led the way toward an enormous barn beside the ring. Lauren gasped when she looked inside. It was full of pens and nearly all had horses standing in them. There were bays and chestnuts in greys, each awaiting their turn in the ring. Lauren thought they all looked very big. Lauren's mother had disappeared ahead of her through a gate, but Lauren didn't want to walk too quickly. She didn't want to miss a thing. "'Carefully, she picked her way through the puddles underfoot "'and made her way through the crowd. "'She reached the gate at the same time as an elderly lady "'who was sheltering beneath a brightly coloured umbrella. "'Lauren held the gate open for her. "'The lady nodded. "'Thank you,' she said. "'Lauren followed her through. "'The lady suddenly slipped on the wet ground and almost fell. "'Careful!' Lauren cried. "'She reached forward to hold the lady's elbow "'until she had regained her balance. "'Thank you again.' A lady said, her face creasing into a wide smile. She had the friendliest blue eyes that Lauren had ever seen. "'You're welcome,' Lauren said, smiling. "'I'm Lauren,' she went on. "'Hello, Lauren,' the lady answered. "'So if you're here at the sale, I guess you like ponies.' Lauren nodded. "'I love them. My parents and I are going to buy me one.' She didn't want to sound spoiled, but she couldn't stop herself from blurting out her amazing news. "'Aren't you lucky?' The lady's eyes twinkled as they met Lauren's. I'm the luckiest person in the world! Lauren breathed. Will you be okay now? I ought to get going. My mother will be wondering where I am. I'll be just fine. Thank you, the lady replied. I hope you find the pony you were looking for. Thank you, Lauren said. She scanned the crowds anxiously for her mother. Spotting her, she she looked back to say goodbye to the old lady, but she had already slipped away. Lauren shrugged and quickly made her way to the barn, past the horses. As she ran to the corner, she saw her mum ahead of her, at the end of the barn. She was standing beside a of about ten ponies. Lauren ran to her. There you are, Lauren! Her mother exclaimed. I thought I'd lost you. Not a chance! Lauren grinned. She looked excitedly at the ponies in front of her. In the first pen, there was a tiny black pony. The next pen was empty, but beside it there were two pretty chestnuts with matching white stars. Next to them was an old grey mare with feathery legs and a large head. Beside her was a cheeky looking bay. On the door of each pen there was a card with details about the pony inside. There was no sparkling white pony like Lauren had been imagining, but she didn't care. They're all lovely, she gasped, tw- turning around to her mum. Well, this one's much too small, Mrs. Foster said as she looked at the little black pony. We want a pony who's about 13 hands and at least six years old. Any younger hen he'll be too inexperienced. Lauren ran over to the Bay Geldings pen and looked at the card attached to his gate. Topper, she read out. Thirteen hands, four years old. She felt a flicker of disappointment. He was too young. She patted him and moved on. The grey mare was too tall, the black pony was too small, and the chestnut ponies were only three years old. Lauren walked along the lines of ponies, reading the sale notices. She reached the end of the row. Not one of them was right. Her mum came up behind her and screwed her shoulder. Maybe we won't find your perfect pony today. We can always come to the next sale. It's only a month away. A month? Lauren looked around. She couldn't wait that long. The little black pony isn't that small, she began desperately, and he's really cute. Just then, she heard the sound of hooves. She swung around. A man was leading a scruffy grey pony out of the vet's tent and down the walkway towards the last pen. I thought I wasn't going to get here in time for the sale, he said, noticing Lauren and her mum. The pony looked quiet and sad. Hi, boy, Lauren said, going over to him. At the sound of her voice, the pony lifted his head and pricked his ears up. He whinnied, and Lauren felt her heart flip. Suddenly, she didn't care that he was scruffy and dirty. This was the pony she wanted. How old is he? She asked the pony's owner. Twilight? He's seven, the man replied. Lauren swung around to her mum. He's the right age. The pony stepped forward and thrust his nose into her hands. His breath was warm as he nuzzled her fingers. Can we buy him? Lauren asked her mother eagerly. The man smiled at them, ''Are you looking for a pony?'' ''Yes, we are,'' Mrs. Foster replied. She walked forward and, missed and looked at Twilight. ''Why is he for sale, Mr. Roberts?'' ''Cliff Roberts,'' the man said, introducing himself and shaking hands. ''The pony's for sale because my daughter Jade doesn't want him anymore,'' he explained. ''I only bought Twilight for her a few months ago, but she says he's too quiet and not showy enough.'' I've just bought her a new ponytail to uh, so now I've got to sell Twilight. Can we buy him? Lauren asked her mum again. Well, you'll have to ride him on him first, her mum said. She turned to Twilight's owner. Would that be possible, Mr. Robert? Mr. Robert smiled. Of course. It looks like the rain has stopped now. I'll just go get the saddle. Five minutes later, Lauren found herself riding Twilight around the exercise paddock. He felt wonderful. The slightest squeeze of her legs made him go faster, and the smallest pull of the rain slowed him down. It was almost as though he could read her mind. That's amazing, Mr. Roberts said as Lauren brought Twilight to a halt by the paddock gate and dismounted. He hardly wanted to do anything for Jade. He must like you. I love him, Lauren said, her eyes shining. She stretched out her hands towards Twilight. The pony lowered his muzzle and blew softly on Lauren's face. "'Please, can we buy him?' she begged her mother. "'He's perfect. He certainly seems very well-behaved,' Mrs. Foster said, patting Twilight. "'Maybe we'll bid for him when he goes into the ring.' Lauren thought about the sale and the way the person who offered the most money got the pony. "'But someone else might bid more than us,' she said in alarm. "'Can't we just buy him now?' "'I'm quite happy to arrange a private sale if you're interested.' Mr. Roberts said to Lauren's mother, I wouldn't have to pay the auction fee then, so it would save me some money. How about we say, he thought for a moment and then named a price? I'll even throw the saddle and bridle if you'd like. Lauren looked at her mum and crossed her fingers. She didn't think she could bear to see Twilight go into the ring and be sold to someone else. Please, she prayed, please say yes. To her amazement, her mum smiled, Okay, Mr. Roberts, you got yourself a deal. Lauren could hardly believe it. She threw her arms around Twilight's neck and hugged him. "Oh, Twilight," she gasped in delight. "You're going to be mine." The little gray pony nuzzled her happily, as if he understood. Chapter 3. It was soon arranged that Mr. Roberts would drive Twilight around to Granger's farm the next morning. That gives us time to buy everything we need and get the paddock, sorry, the paddock and stable ready. "Mrs. Foster said to Lauren, On the way home, Lauren and her mum drove to the local tack on the the outskirts of town. The sales assistant, a girl named Jenny, was very helpful. Soon there were loads of horsey things on the counter. Brushes, a first aid kit, feed buckets, a head collar. The pile grew bigger and bigger until at last, Lauren had everything she needed. Jenny helped them pack all their purchases into the car. "'Have fun with your new pony!' she called to Lauren. Lauren grinned. Thanks, I will. As Jenny went to back to the, st- to the store, Lauren noticed a small bookshop tucked between the tax store and a shop selling their electrical goods. It had an old-fashioned brown and gold sign over the window saying Mrs Fontana's new and used books. Look at that bookshop, Mum, she said. Shall we take a look inside? Mrs Foster asked. Lauren nodded eagerly. Both she and her mum loved bookshops, and this one looked really interesting. They walked along the pavement through the glass panel in the door. Lauren could see a cheerful rose patterned carpet and shelves and shelves of books. Mrs. Foster pushed the door open. A bell twinkled as they stepped inside. Wow, Lauren said. Looking around, there were books everywhere, old books, new books, and not just on the shelves, there were piles of books next to the shelves, and more piles in front of those, but enough space had been left for a few chairs to be placed around a pretty iron fireplace. A large notice said, please feel free to browse and sit a while. It was the strangest, loveliest bookshop that Lauren had ever been in. Just then, there was a pattering of feet, and the little white terrier dog with a black patch over one eye came trotting up to them. "'Look, Mum!' Lauren exclaimed. She crouched down, and the terrier licked her hand. Mrs. Foster bent down to stroke him. "'Hi, little one,' she said. "'Isn't he cute?' Lo- said Lauren. "'Ah, I see you've met Walter.' Lauren and her mum looked up. An elderly lady was coming towards them. She was wearing an embroidered shawl with a flowery dress. Lauren gasped. "'It was the lady she met at the horse cell earlier. There was no mistaking the warm eyes.' "'Hello, Lauren.' the lady said, smiling. You two know each other, Lauren's mother said, looking surprised. We met at the horse show, and the horse and panties sale. This morning, the lady, oh. I'm Mrs. Fontana, she said, and this is my shop, this is my shop, Alice Foster, Lauren's mum said shaking hands we've just moved into the area is it okay if we have a look around feel free mrs Fontana replied she smiled at lauren there are lots of books in the side room you might like leaving her mum to browse lauren made her way to the side of the shop she sat the next room was full of children's books there were no bright posters or colorful displays like there were in most bookshops but there are lots of plump soft cushions on the floor and a big table piled high with all kinds of books Lauren examined each pile and quickly picked out a collection of pony stories. She sat down on one of the cushions and started to read. Suddenly, she heard the patter of paws coming towards her. It was Walter, the terrier. He sat down beside Lauren and looked at her, his head cocked on one side. Lauren tickled him under the chin. "'He likes you,' Mrs. Fontana said. Lauren jumped. The old lady seemed to have a- appeared out of nowhere. She smiled again at Lauren. "'So,' What have you chosen, my dear? Feeling slightly shy, Lauren showed Mrs. Fontana the book of pony stories. I thought you might like those. Mrs. Fontana said, raising her bright eyes to Lauren's face. Did you find your pony today? I certainly did, Lauren said, nodding excitedly. He's coming tomorrow. He's called Twilight and he's wonderful. Mrs. Fontana stared at her for a moment and then she swung around. You know what? She said, I think I have I might just have something just for you. It's up here. Lauren watched as Mrs. Montana fetched a folding step ladder and stood on it to reach the top shelf. Here we are, the old lady said, pulling out a dusty purple book. She climbed down the ladder and handed the book to Lauren. Lauren looked down at the heavy leather volume. It had beautiful gold writing on the cover. Lauren looked at the words, The Life of a Unicorn, she read out loud. She opened the book. The pages were smooth with the age. There was lots of writing, but also at the same time, beautiful descriptions and drawings. Unicorns canted in the sky and gazed and grazed on soft grass. They're lovely, she said as she turned the page. Yes, Mrs Fontana agreed, sighing. Lauren stopped at the next picture. There was no unicorn to be seen, just a small gray pony. That's a young unicorn, Mrs. Fontana said, looking over her shoulder. But it hasn't got a horn, Lauren said. Ah, but you see, young unicorns don't have horns, Mrs. Fontana told her. They only grow their horns and receive their magical powers when they hear some magic words on their second birthday. Then they turn into the creatures that we know as unicorns, Lauren looked at her in surprise. From the way Mrs Fontana was talking, she made it sound as if unicorns were real. "'But unicorns don't really exist, do they?' Lauren said to the old lady. "'They're just made up, like fairies and dragons and trolls.' "'You think fairies, dragons and trolls don't exist either?' Mrs Fontana said, raising her eyebrows. "'No way!' Lauren grinned. "'Why not?' Mrs Fontana asked." Looking into Mrs. Fontana's blue eyes, Lawrence suddenly felt less certain. "'Well, no one has ever seen them,' she faltered. "'Maybe that's because they don't want to be seen,' Mrs. Fontana said. She looked around and then leaned forward. "'Shall I tell you a secret? I've seen a unicorn.' Lawrence stared at her in astonishment. "'Had Mrs. Fontana gone crazy?' Mrs. Fontana seemed to read her mind. "'Oh, I'm not mad, dear.' she said with a smile. All it needs are the magic words spoken by the right person. A handful of the secret flowers and a unicorn, of course. Just then, there was a sound of footsteps. Are you ready, honey? Mrs Foster asked. We should be going home. Mrs Fontana stood up briskly. Lauren felt as if she had been jerked out of a dream. What's that? Her mum said, seeing the book in Lauren's hands. Uh... A book on unicorns, Lauren said, sitting up. Mrs. Foster glanced at the book. She took in the soft leather binding and the pictures, glowing in jeweled colours. It looks very expensive, honey. I'm afraid we can't afford it, she said. Lauren nodded. She hadn't really expected her mother to buy it, obviously. I'd like you to have it, Mrs. Fontana said softly. Lauren looked at her in astonishment. The old lady smiled. Think of it as a gift to welcome you to the town. "'But, Mrs Fontana, that's much too generous,' Mrs Foster began. "'Not at all,' said Mrs Fontana. "'It's a very special book, and it needs a good home. "'Something tells me Lauren will look after it.' "'Oh, I will,' she gasped. "'Thank you, Mrs Fontana.' "'She took the book into her hands and held it close to her. "'The bookshop owner showed them to the door. "'Do call again,' she said. "'And good luck at Granger's Farm. "'We will, and thank you so much for the welcome gift.' mrs foster said the door tinkled shut behind them lauren was suddenly struck by a strange thought how did mrs fontana know that we had moved to ranger's farm we didn't tell her mrs foster frowned didn't we no Lauren said her mum shrugged oh well it's a small town news has probably got around now come on dad and max will be wondering where we are they got into the car as her mum started the engine. Lauren looked back once more at the bookshop. Walter, their little dog, was sitting in the window, staring out. It looked just as if he was smiling at them. Chapter 4 As Mrs Foster drove to Granger's farm, Lauren looked at the beautiful book she had been given. When she came to the page with the picture of the baby unicorn, she got at "Is here, Mrs Fontana is saying. I've seen a unicorn. Lauren gently stroked the picture with her fingertip. She was sure that Mrs Fontana must have been making up all that stuff about magical creatures. The old lady couldn't really have seen a unicorn, could she? Of course she couldn't, Lauren told herself firmly. Unicorns don't exist. Mrs Fontana has just been reading too many of her old books. So, what have you bought? Mrs Foster asked, coming out some Oh, so what have you bought? Mrs. Fo- Mr. Foster asked, coming out to meet them as they pulled up to the farm. Max ran af- after him. Lots, Lauren said, jumping out of the car. Can I see? said Max, opening the back door. He pulled a hoof pick out of one of the bags. What's this for? Come on, Max, Mr. Foster said. Lauren can explain things while we unload. They carried the bags to the stable and then Mr. Foster went into the house to do some more packing while Lauren, her dad, and Max carried the purchases. For Twilight into the little shed which was going to be his tack room. I would like to apologize now for my stuttering. Oh, anyways, continuing on. Mr. Foster hammered two metal hooks into the wall, one for Twilight's bridle, and the other for his new red and blue head collar. Then he fetched a low table and an old striped rug from the garage. With the rug on the floor, a light bulb gleamed brightly, and Lauren's shiny new grooming kit and first aid box laid out on the table. The tack room looked very cozy and cheerful. This is great. Lauren said, looking around happily. Now, all we need is Twilight, Mr. Foster said, smiling at Lauren. Lauren imagined Twilight's grey head looking out over the stable door. I can't wait until tomorrow, she said. That night, when Lauren went to bed, she opened the book that Mrs. Fontana had given her and began to read the first chapter. Noah and the Unicorn she whispered quietly to herself many years ago there was a great flood that threatened both animals and magical creatures the magical creatures fled to safety in Arcadia an enchanted land that can't be found by humans meanwhile a man named Noah gathered two of every animal and took them on to the ark he had built as the rain started to fall, Noah saw that two small gray ponies in the grassy meadows beside the rising sea. He took them on his ark with the rest of the animals. Through the magic mirror, the unicorns in Arcadia watched gratefully as Noah took care of their young, for those two gray ponies were, in fact, baby unicorns who hadn't yet grown their magical powers. They had been left behind in the rush to Arcadia. Whilst on the ark, the time for two new unicorns to regain their magical powers came and went. They had lost their chance, and the unicorns in Arcadia mourned. While the whole year had passed, the floods went down. Noah released the young unicorns onto earth with other animals, and there they remained, trapped in their pony bodies. Back in Arcadia, The watching unicorns worked on a turning spell that would give the unicorns another chance to gain their magical powers. The spell took years and years to be perfect. At last it was ready, but the spell would only free a unicorn as spoken by a good-hearted human who believed in magic. A very brave unicorn risked his own powers to fly back to Earth. He searched long and hard for a human to whom he could entrust the spell, Eventually, he found her. The spell worked, and the two young unicorns became great friends of the human who had helped them. They grew beautiful horns and flew like angels, and together, they had many magical adventures. Chapter 5 Lauren put the book down. The way the book was written made everything about unicorns sound so real. Looked at... She looked at... Not like a made up story. She looked at the pictures at the end of the chapter. It showed a beautiful unicorn cantering in the sky. I wish the story was true, Lauren thought. I wish there were still unicorns on the earth. I'd love to help one. And then she smiled. Unicorns might not exist, but Twilight did, and he was going to arrive the very next day. Mr. Roberts arrived with Twilight at 10 o'clock. He opened at the side door of the trailer so Tw- Lauren could get inside. Twilight whinnied as she stepped into the trailer. Hello, little one, Lauren said, stroking his nose. Twilight looked at her. Hello. His dark eyes seemed to sh- say back. Mr. Roberts lowered the ramp to the ground. You can bring him out now, Lauren. Lauren untied Twilight and backed carefully out the trailer. Her mum and dad and Max came over. Hello, boy. Mrs. Fos- Mr. Foster said, feeding Twilight a carrot. He's really dirty, isn't he? Max said as he patted Twilight and a cloud of dust flew into the air. Twilight whinnied indignantly as if he understood what Max had said. Mr. Roberts smiled ruefully. I'm afraid my daughter has been busy with her new pony. She hasn't been looking after Twilight as well as she might. He looked at Lauren. You'd like Jade. She's just as crazy about ponies. Lauren wasn't so sure. If Mr. Roberts was daughter was really crazy about ponies she would have looked after twilight better but she didn't say anything while mr and mrs foster sorted out paying mr roberts lauren and max led twilight to his stable are you going to ride now lauren max asked i'm going to groom him first lauren replied she tied twilight out outside the stable and fetched the grooming kit can i help asked max okay Lauren said, handing him a brush. With thick bristles caught a dandy brush. He was good for getting rid of dirt and dust. You can brush him with that. Twilight nuzzled her shoulder. Lauren smiled happily and kissed his face. She didn't think she'd ever felt happier in his life. Two hours later, Twilight was looking much smarter. Lauren and Max had brushed him and washed his mane and tail. Instead of being a dirty grey colour, he was now a pale grey colour. The dust had come out of his coat, and Lauren had replaced the old tatty head collar that he had been wearing with the new red and blue one that she and her mum had bought the day before. However, despite everything, Twilight still looked a bit scruffy. His coat didn't really shine, and the long hair around his shoes under his chin was still quite scratchy. Still, Lauren didn't mind. With her mum's help, Lauren tacked Twilight up, and rode him into the paddock. Just like the day before, he seemed to know exactly what she wanted him to do. And soon they were canting around the field. While Lauren finally stopped him by the gate, her face was flushed and her eyes were shining. He's just great, she said to her mum, who was watching with Max. Can I go for a ride in the woods? She saw her mum looked out for. I won't go far. Okay, Mrs. Foster Reed, but don't stay out too long i won't i promise lauren said she remounted and rode twilight out of the paddock the mountain that rose up behind the farmhouse was thickly wooded and she rode twilight into the trees she felt his ears prick and his steps quicken lauren smiled happily you like it up here don't you boy Twilight snorted and broke into a trot. Lauren let him have his head and he broke into a canter. They made their way along the trail. The air was quiet, so that the only sound apart from the thudding of Twilight's hooves on the soft ground was the distant calling of birds in the tops of the trees. Lauren felt that she could have gone forever, but she remembered what she had promised her mum, so she slowed Twilight down to turn him around. Twilight looked to one side, a side trail that led off to the main track. He pulled towards it. Lauren stopped him. No, she told him. We've got to get back now. Twilight pulled towards the side trail again. We'll go another day, Lauren told him, and then turning him around, she rode back to the farm. That night, when Lauren went to bed, she opened the u- unicorn book to a beautiful pictures showing unicorns grazing in lush meadows dotted with star-shaped purple flowers. The pink sky was streaked across with an orange and gold, as if the sun was setting she had began to read. When the two young unicorns grew old, they returned to Arcadia. The unicorn elders decided that from then on, they would send young unicorns to earth to do good works. They looked like small ponies. Each of them hopes to find someone who will learn how to free their magical powers. To, this, to do this, the words of the turning spell are here, from the unicorn's mane the petals from a single moonflower in the light of the twilight star which only shines for 10 minutes after the t- sun has set lauren turned the page and saw a picture of the young unicorn that she had seen in mrs fontana's sc- shop scruffy and gray it looked quite like twilight maybe twilight's a unicorn in disguise lauren thought suddenly she smiled to herself she was being silly it was just a made-up story and twilight was just a regular pony Chapter Six. After breakfast the next morning, Lauren took Twilight out for a ride in the woods again. It felt a bit lonely on Lauren. I wish I had someone else to ride with, she thought. She wondered if she could make her friends make friends with someone when school started. As they reached the twi- trees, Twilight pricked up his ears and pulled at the reins. "Okay, boy," Lauren said, letting him trot. She had been riding for ten minutes when Twilight suddenly stopped. "'Go on,' Lauren encouraged him, but Twilight wouldn't move. He shook his head and looked to the left. Lauren had realised that he was looking along the same side trail he had tried to go down to last time. They had been in the woods. She thought for a moment, "'What harm could there be in exploring?' "'All right,' she said, turning Twilight towards it. The track was narrow, and the trees on either side met over Lauren's head, blocking out the sun. It was like riding through a long, green tunnel.' As the silence closed in around them, Lauren began to wonder where the track was leading. Maybe we should turn back, she whispered to Twilight, but the pony pulled eagerly on the reins. It was clear he didn't want to stop. Lauren saw light ahead. It looked as if the track was coming to an end. Wondering where they would come out, she let Twilight carry on. He trotted up from among the trees into a grassy glade. It was beautiful in the centre of the glade. There was a mound dotted with purple flowers where a yellow... Cloud of yellow butterflies fluttered into the sunlight. Twilight walked to the mound and Lauren saw the flowers were star shaped, at, at the tip of each bright petal, she, there was a golden spot. She frowned. She knew she had seen them somewhere before, but she couldn't remember where. With a soft wicker, Twilight bent his head, thinking he was grabbing a mouthful of grass. Lauren tried to pull his head up. No, Twilight! But as she spoke, she realized that he wasn't eating. He was nuzzling at the star-shaped flowers. Curiosity was aroused, and she dismounted. Looping the reins around her arm, she looked closely at the flowers. Where had she seen them before? Twilight wicked and nudged her arm. Lauren was puzzled. It was as if he was trying to tell her something. She thought then she shook her head he's just a pony she reminded herself quickly she glanced around the glade was so beautiful that she still didn't want to leave but she knew that she ought to be getting home so she mounted twilight and rode him back into the trees lauren turned twilight into the male trail onto the main trail where the woods through the woods where the birds are singing overhead again leaning forward she let him go faster as they cantered along the track towards home when they got back to the farm, Lauren went into the study where her dad had loads of books about plants. She took the biggest one down on the shelf and began to look through the section on woodland flowers. There were quite a few plants with purple flowers, but none of them were star-shaped with golden spots on the edge of the petals. She tried another book and then another, but she couldn't find any that looked like that. She closed the last book inside. She knew she had seen them before somewhere. I thought I heard you in here, Mrs. Foster said, coming the study. What are you doing? I've been trying to find the name of some flowers I saw in the wood, Laura replied. She wondered if her mum would have known what they are. They were purple, sort of. A sort of star sheet with a gold spot at each tip of petal. Sorry, I can't help you, her mum said. They sound very unusual, though. Now, she went on, changing the subject. We need to get you some things for school. You start next week. Why don't you run upstairs and get changed and we'll go up to the mall. Okay, Lauren said. She hurried up to her room and pulled on a pair of clean jeans and a sweatshirt. The unicorn book was lying on her bedside table. It was still open at the picture of the unicorns grazing. As Lauren did up her jeans, she glanced at it again. The unicorns, the grassy meadow, the purple flowers, the purple flowers! She stared at the picture. They were exactly the same as the one she had just seen in the woods. Lauren snatched up the book. Wait, sorry. Ah, uh, yeah, no, that's right. Well, now we're in chapter seven. Lauren snatched up the book. The flowers in the picture had the same star shape, the same gold spot. A wild thought filled her mind. The book had the unicorn disguised as ponies that could be chained right back by saying a magic spell and using a certain type of flower. What if the flowers she had found in the woods were the very ones that she needed for the spell? She quickly turned the pages of the book until she found the part that explained how unicorns disguised as ponies could turn into the unicorns. In the middle of the page, there was a small picture of a purple flower, just like the one in the woods. Lauren read the words under the picture. The moon flower, a rare purple flowering herb that is used in the turning spell. Lauren stared. She found the flower that in that the book said could be used to give a unicorn its magic powers she remembered the way Twilight had been nuzzling the flowers in the glade maybe the story was true and maybe just maybe Twilight really was a unicorn in disguise her heart started to race if she could just find that words out of the spell then she could try it out Lauren are you coming? her mum called Lauren could hardly bear to put the book down the spell had to be here Lauren! her mum called again Lauren closed the book reluctantly. "'I'm coming,' she called, and she went downstairs. Normally, Lauren loved buying things for a new school term, but that's not but not that today. All she could think about was the unicorns. On the way home, Mrs. Foster stopped by the tax store to pick up a couple of spare feed buckets. Lauren had an idea. "'Can I go look in the bookshop?' she asked. "'Sure,' Mrs. Foster agreed. "'I'll meet you there in a few minutes.' Lauren ran to the bookshop. The doorbell twinkled as she went inside. The, do- the shop was just as she remembered it: the piles of books, the rose-patterned carpet. She caught sight of the owner near the back of the shop. "Mrs. Fontana," she called. The old lady turned around. "Hello, dear," she said. "What can I do for you?" Suddenly, Lauren didn't know what to say. Mrs. Fontana looked so calm and ordinary that the whole idea of asking her if she knew the magic spell was seemed really dumb. Um. Well, I. Lauren stammered So, have you seen a unicorn yet? Mrs Fontana smiled softly Lauren stopped stammering instead. That's what she wanted to come to me about And talk to me, isn't it? Mrs Fontana said Lauren didn't even stop t- to ask how the old lady knew Is the story really true? She gasped Mrs Fontana smiled It's true for those who want it to be true Do you know what the spell is? Lauren asked eagerly "'I do, but I can't tell you,' the old lady replied. "'Those who want to find the unicorns must do it for themselves. "'You have everything you need.' "'But,' Lauren began. "'Just then Walter came for warning, bark. "'The, the, the shop door swung open and Lauren's mum came in. "'Hello, Mrs Fontana.' "'She said, "'Hello.' "'The bookshop owner with,' said the bookshop owner with a smile. "'So, how are you settling in Granger's Farm?' "'Her tone changed.' And now she had a brisk and a f- and she sounded brisk and efficient. Lauren waited while the two adults chatted. She felt frustrated. If, m- if Mrs. Fontana really knew the spell was, why wouldn't she tell her? She w- she longed to ask the bookshop owner more, but she couldn't, with her mum standing there. Lauren thought about the old lady's words. You have everything you need. What did she mean? Then that night, she- when she went to bed, Lauren decided to read the book from the beginning through to the end. Searing at the first chapter, she began to read slowly and carefully. She read that after the floods had cooled down, the magical creatures decided not to live on an Earth anymore and stayed in Arcadia. Arcadia was ruled by seven golden unicorns who watched the Earth through a magic mirror. Lauren read on, but she didn't find the spell. She awoke to the following morning to see the book lying beside her on the bed. She had just two more chapters left to read. She wondered whether to start on them, but then she saw that it was seven o'clock and it was time to get up and give Twilight his breakfast. She took the book outside with her. She could read it while he was eating. Leaving it in the tack room, she brought Twilight from the from the paddock and put him in the stall. Then she mixed up his feed. Soon, the sooner Twilight was fed, the sooner she could read a little more. Quickly, Lauren emptied the feed on, into the manager and then she fetched the book, carrying it into his table. She sat on the ground on, upturn, on an upturned bucket and began to read. Surely the spell had to be in the book somewhere. Lauren became aware that Twilight stopped eating. He was staring at the book. With a snort, he walked over to her, Hello, boy she said twilight blew gently the pages of the book fluttered over twilight you've lost my pace lauren said but before she could turn back to the page she had been reading twilight breathed out again what are you doing lauren asked as she as he nuzzled the soft tips against the against the back cover there was a damp mark on the paper and she made and she made to push his muzzle away but as she did so she realized that the last page of book had been glued onto the back cover one corner of the page fluttered slightly as Twilight breathed on the book. Lauren carefully pulled at it. The glue gave way and the page turned. Inside the cover were some faint words written in pencil. It looked like a poem of some sort, or in a title The Turning Spell. Chapter 8. Trembling with excitement, Lauren read the faintly pencilled words Twilight Star, Twilight Star twinkling high above so far shining light shining bright will you grant my wish tonight let my little horse forlorn be at last a unicorn her eyes flew to twilight oh twilight she whispered it's the spell twilight bent his head as if he, he was nodding lauren jumped to her feet she had to take twilight to the woods and pick one of those flowers after giving Twilight time to digest his breakfast, Lauren tacked him up and rode into the woods. Twilight seemed to know just where they were going with his ears pricked up as he cantered along the track until they came to the little side trail. They turned down the narrow track and followed it until they reached the sunny glade. It looked just the same as the day before. A cloud of butterflies swooped over the grass and the air had an expectant feeling. Lauren dismounted and led Twilight over to a grassy mound where she had found a single purple flower that had fallen to the ground she picked it up as she did so a sharp tingle ran through her spine she felt twilight's warm breath on her shoulder as she looked at him oh twilight she whispered i hope this is going to work dad what time does the sun set lauren asked her father that afternoon her book had said that the twilight star only shone, shone for 10 minutes after the sun had set and the spell had to be performed then about seven o'clock at the moment her, her dad said why? I just wondered, Lauren said quickly. At 6.30, her mum put supper out. Lauren ate as fast as she could. May I leave the table, please? She asked as soon as her plate was empty. Her mum looked surprised. You know better, Lauren. Not until everyone's finished, she said. So Lauren had to wait through the kitchen window. She watched the sun dropping low and low in the sky. She was going to miss the sunset as long as at long last her dad put his knife and fork down that was delicious he said before he had even finished speaking lauren had jumped to his feet can i go and see twilight now Mum?" she begged all right mrs foster said go on lauren grabbed her jacket and ran out the, of the door the book was still in the tack frame she fetched it and raced down to the paddock her heart was pounding in her chest what would happen would the spell really work twilight was standing by the gate he whinnied when he saw her Lauren led him towards the far corner of the field. It was shaded by trees and hidden from the house by the stable block. As soon as they were out of sight of the house, Lauren carefully pulled a single hair out of Twilight's mane, opened the book, and took the flower out of her pocket. The golden spots on the petals seemed to glow in the last rays of the sun. She looked up. The final curve of the sun was just sinking at the horizon. Lauren's eyes narrowed as she searched for the star, but there was nothing. Maybe she'd missed it? Twilight wicked. Shh, "'Twilight,' Lauren said. She turned back up to the sky and gasped. High above her, a star had appeared. It was time for the spell. "'Please work,' Lauren whispered. She took a deep breath, trembling, and began to tear the petals off the flower. As she did so, she read the spell out. "'Twilight, starlight. "'Twilight star, twilight star. "'Twinkling high above so far. "'Shining light, shimmering bright. "'Will you grant my wish tonight?' Let my little horse forlorn be at last a unicorn. As she read the last words, she held her breath. Nothing happened. Lauren looked down at the petals in her hand and felt a wave of disappointment hit her. It was just a story after all. She looked at Twilight and felt tears prickle in her eyes. She had so badly wanted him to be a unicorn. swelling hard, she dropped the petals on the ground. There was a flash of purple light so bright that it made Lauren shut her eyes. When she opened them again, she gasped. Twilight had disappeared. Chapter 9 Lauren swung around, looking for Twilight. A snow-white unicorn was flying high in the sky behind her. Its hooves and horn gleamed silver, and its mane and tail swirled around it. "'Twilight?' Lauren gasped. "'Yes,' the unicorn said. "'It's me. It feels a bit wobbly up here. This is the first time I've flown.' "'Whoops!' He flew down through the air towards Lauren, narrowly missing a low branch with a kick of his hind legs. He landed on the grass beside her. "'Hello,' he said, walking over and nuzzling her.' Although Twilight's words rung out clearly in Lauren's head, his mouth didn't move. "'You can talk?' Lauren said in astonishment. "'Only when I'm in my magical shape,' Twilight told her. "'And you'll only be able to hear me if you're touching me or holding your hair from my mane.' "'I can't believe you're really a unicorn,' Lauren exclaimed. "'Twilight laughed. "'Well, I am trapped in my pony body, but you freed me, Lauren, "'and that means you are my unicorn friend.' "'Unicorn friend.' Lauren echoed. Twilight nodded his beautiful hair. Yes, every unicorn is looking for a fr- unicorn friend to do good deeds with. So everything in that book is true? Lauren cast. Everything, Twilight replied merrily, tossing his mane. He knelt down by bending his four lo- legs. Climb on my back. Let's try flying together. You'll have to excuse me if I'm a bit wobbly. Lauren took a hold of his mane and mounted. What if I fall off? You can't fall while I'm in my magical shape, Twilight said. Unicorn's magic will keep you safe. Lauren grabbed his mane and and he plunged forward into a canter. Whoa, hold on tight, Twilight called. Twilight's hooves skimmed across the grass and the ground dropped away. Here we go he called to her. His back legs kicked down powerfully, and with a jolt, they flew into the air, lurching from side to side. Don't worry, I'll soon get the hang of this, Twilight said confidently. Lauren held on tight. Wow, she gasped as she looked down. Twilight surged upwards towards the stars, and the wind streamed through Lauren's hair as they settled into a steadier pace. This is amazing, she cried. She looked down below her Below her, she could see houses and the woods. Suddenly, Lauren caught sight of a figure walking out of the trees. A white terrier dog with a black patch trotted at the person's side. It's Mrs. Fontana, she exclaimed. The old lady looked up and raised her hand in greeting. Hello there, she called. Twilight swooped towards her and landed lightly on the soft grass. Lauren scrambled off Twilight's back. Mrs. Fontana, she gasped. Mrs. Fontana smiled at Lauren. I see you found yourself a friend, Lauren. Lauren nodded. Thank you for giving me the book, she said. It was time. It had a new owner. Mrs. Fontana replied, "But you must promise to guard the secret carefully. A unicorn's power can attract bad people who want to be u- use it magic for selfish. You can You must not let a soul, or tell, see it, or tell anyone. Do you understand?" At first, Lauren felt disappointed. She'd been thinking how amazed her mum and dad would be when she told them, but she could see the sense in what Mrs. Fontana was saying. I understand, she said, and I promise I won't tell anyone. Good, Mrs. Fontana said. Now, she went on seeming to produce a piece of paper out of thin air, I'll give you the undoing spell that will turn Twilight back into a pony. Say it when you return home. With that, Mrs. Fontana handed the paper out to lauren and lauren the words twilight star twilight star twinkling a high above so far protect the secret from praying eyes and return my unicorn to his disguise his magical shape is for my eyes only let him be once more a pony keep twilight secrets lauren mrs Fontana reminded her i will lauren promised twilight bent his knees again and lauren climbed on his back with two bounds he canted across the grass and rose up to the sky Bye, Mrs. Fontana, Lauren called, catching hold of his mane. The old lady raised her hand. Use the magic well, my dear, she called, and with that, she and Malto disappeared into the dark woods. Twilight and Lauren threw, flew through the sky. Lauren thought he had never felt she thought she had never felt happier or more excited there was so much to see they flew over the woods and rivers and mrs fontana's bookshop and finally they flew out over the mountains that rose behind bring farm at last they returned to the paddock as they flew down lauren suddenly remembered about her parents twilight i she gasped i hope Mum and dad aren't worried about me don't worry twilight told her we haven't been gone very long oh twilight lauren said this is all so exciting Lauren nodded eagerly, and excitement's only just the beginning. Soon we'll be having all sorts of adventures together. He nods at her like, oh Lauren, I'm so happy you're my unicorn friend. Lauren hugged him. I'm so happy you're my unicorn. As Lauren dismounted, she took a piece of, she took the piece of paper out that and Mrs Fontana had given her out of her pocket. Slowly she read out the undoing spell. As she spoke the last words, there was a flash of finding purple light That, and suddenly Lauren felt cold air on her face. She opened her eyes. She was still standing behind Twilight, but he was no longer a unicorn. He was just a small grey pony. For a moment, Lauren wondered if she'd imagined everything, but then she looked down at the piece of paper in her hand. No, it had all been real. Twilight snuffled at her hair and she felt a surge of excitement fuzz inside her. Good night. Lauren whispered, kissing him in the light. Then, picking up the book from the grass, she turned and ran to the house. As she hurried in, Buddy bounded over to greet her, almost knocking her down in his excitement. Her dad was washing up the supper dishes at the sink, and her mum was pouring Max a drink. How was Twilight? her mum asked. He was fine, I said. I I think I might just go up to my room and read for a while. She went up and sat down by her bedroom window. Twilight was grazing in his paddock, seeming to sense that Lawrence was looking at him. He raised his head and whinnied. A broad grin crept across Lawrence's face. Her new pony had turned out to be a secret unicorn. What adventures they were going to have. The end. I do hope you enjoyed my reading. And I will gladly see you guys next time. Bye bye. (music) Thank <music> you.